your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. I only have seven tabs. Oh, oh, wait, no, I've got four windows open. I have like 17 tabs open. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chergoski is joining like he does always on a Friday. Not always, but most of the time. How's it going, Chergoski? Oh, wait, hold tight. I got to chat on a Friday, Rick. Everyone, everyone seems to be in a pretty good mood on a Friday. I'll just say that only everyone only heard everyone seems to be in a pretty good mood on Friday because I didn't turn your (laughs) line on. But hey, we get we get the gist. Um, Mitch Reynolds is going to join us here in a little bit. He's running for mayor and uh, we're going to have a packed show because Samuel Schneider, who's also running for mayor, is calling in right now and he's just calling out of the blue. He wants to uh, he wants to take over the show. I don't know what he wants to talk about, but that's cool. I, I, if any of the candidates, uh, I think uh, I have I've had other candidates call in and text in before. But Sam, you want you want to take over the show here for a couple of minutes? What's up? Yeah, no, I just wanted to call in and I wanted to join Council Member Doug Happel in commending the fire department for taking a one percent uh, raise reduction in their pay uh, when communicating with the city and actually bringing that up of their own accord. I think that was kind of cool, and I think the fire department is stepping in in the leadership role and and understanding the financial situation of the city. And I really admire that. Are you going to? Uh, I think I had Ken Gilliam on the other day, and he said he's going to donate uh, donate his salary to the to to charity too as well. No, I was just kidding. Uh, you made that announcement the, a couple a couple of days ago, and we had some fun with it on the show that day. Yeah, no, I uh, I heard a little bit about it, and I thought, oh, that's cute. <laughs> all right. So is that it? Is that all you got, Sam? That's that's all it is. That's all I got for you. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. That's Sam Schneider. He's running for mayor. Uh, commending the fire department for, for taking a pay cut. Chagoski. Uh, he didn't he didn't want to take over the show. I thought he was going to take over the show a little bit more than that. So uh, very selfless. Uh, he's he's a, apparently a team player there, Rick, and I, I do join him in commending the uh, firefighters. I mean, we we already know that they do heroic work, and and they're they're certainly uh, they they certainly took one for the team, another one for the team by for going part of their yearly raise. So hats off to them for for uh, for really being part of the solution and you know all of us have experienced a lot of pain and and difficulties and and and, you know the extent to which we can kind of have sort of a shared burden among us i think is so important as a candidate as one of 10 candidates running for mayor uh saying that you commend the fire department for doing a thing that nobody is going to disagree with you got to take the other route don't you you got to you got to stick it to the fire department for taking a one percent uh, pay cut. You got to stick it to them. I mean, you're not getting- okay. Yes. So, okay, I will admit, Rick, that I am not exactly taking a controversial position in commending the fire department. Nor is Sam Schneider taking a particularly controversial position. I mean, we're basically taking like the most popular position ever. Like, heroic public servants are. Also, are continuing to be heroic public servants. So, you know, it's not exactly a difficult thing for us to to praise them for doing, but it still is worth praising. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, but Sam's not getting the headlines by by just uh, falling in line with the fire department. I tell you. Sam <laughs> <laughs> is getting the headlines big time, Rick. I well, mean, this is in many ways the story of this campaign that Sam keeps coming up with these things to generate headlines, like his thing about donating part of his salary, his thing about having a referendum for raising property taxes. I'm amazed at how this dude is generating publicity for himself and getting his name out there. He's doing a smart job of generating publicity for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he's the only candidate that's really uh, – uh, and he's only done it once to announce his candidacy and, he, and the other time to announce that he was taking uh, – donating some of his salary to charity – uh, but he's quote unquote pre- he's holding news conferences quote unquote um, and nobody yep. nobody else is doing that. But uh, you, you know he's he's eighteen. He can weather the weather a little bit better. You know some of these other candidates. Ah, it's too cold out <laughs> to do that. And uh, he's also doing this. That's the old school. It's kind of funny. The young kid is doing the old school thing during a pandemic, holding press conferences while everybody else is doing Facebook Live videos and and just posting on social media their positions on certain things. And and not to mention it, the Zoom stuff. I guess it shows you that there's something to be said for this old school stuff, right, Rick? I mean, doing the old-fashioned press conference in front of City Hall, taking the position that you'll donate part of your salary. I mean, foregoing part of your salary as an elected official is, like, the most popular thing that you could possibly proposed doing so i i mean he's just like a master at generating positive press for himself and i mean if he does advance to the top two we're gonna know exactly why he did because he was better than the other candidates at generating public uh, positive publicity well and he calls in and he, he commends the fire department on taking a, a, a what is it a one percent uh pay decrease uh but he didn't throw the lacrosse police department under the bus for taking a three percent pay raise right i think they were taking a two and a half or three percent pay raise or the the uh, mtu the bus drivers uh that that whole department taking a raise uh over the next year too uh you if you really want to like did you have to have both positions here congratulations fire department taking a pay cut also what are you doing fire uh, police department i can't believe you would take a pay raise during a pandemic unbelievable Well, that's why he's so politically shrewd for his age. Like, just call out the fire department for their commendable acts and then don't mention the other entities that have taken the pay raise. That's just political shrewdness. Uh, Joe texted in and he goes, didn't didn't Schneider come down an escalator for his announcement? I don't think uh, (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, I don't know if there's an escalator outside. I, th- I want to say he was outside City Hall or the library. I can't remember. I think City Hall when he made his initial announcement. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, anyway, that's uh, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jagoski. Kind of a, a, a funny start to the show, but hey, that's how that's how we roll on a Friday. Uh, Mitch Reynolds going to join us here. Hopefully, if he does or he doesn't, we'll see if he calls in. Uh, he's he seems to be. Uh, uh, going to be doing that in about two or three minutes here well uh, rick we'll see if mitch takes the controversial position in favor of firefighters or you know we could throw the police department <laughs> under the bus for taking those raises yeah. and the bus drivers unbelievable bus drivers during a pandemic how dare ye take a raise unbelievable you bus drivers i hope they listen to wisdom while they're driving the bus actually i'm being sarcastic too i don't want i don't mind that you uh 
you actually took a pay raise. Um, all right, we got we got uh, Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski is on with me. Mitch Reynolds is also on with me. Hey, Mitch. Hi. Hey, Mitch. Hi I just I want to before we even start. I just want to I want to do this to you, Eric from Sparta. You're on the air. Yeah, I certainly yeah. wish you would. Uh, I certainly wish you would uh, make a show a two-hour show so you can accept more phone calls. That'd be a lot more <laughs> that's easier a- for uh, people. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> that's all you got, Eric. Well, I got more, but you don't want to listen to it because you'll cut you'll cancel me. Oh, yep. <laughs> I guess he didn't want to talk to you, Mitch. Maybe he wasn't listening. I don't know. I, I guess I guess not. And that's I, okay. There there is a, there is this window where I had him he was calling, so he might not have actually heard me introduce you. So to be fair to oh, Eric, oh, okay. he might not have heard that. So I'm sorry, Eric, to pick All on right. you there. Um but uh, yeah, Mitch, how are how are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Um, yeah, having a really good time. Campaigning for mayor and lacrosse and meeting a lot of people, uh, talking to a tremendous number of people that are really looking forward to continuing to make progressive change in the city. So very excited to be a part of this process and uh, really excited about the future of lacrosse. we got a lot of work to do, and there's, man, there is uh, so many challenges ahead of us and so many things that we don't even know yet, you know? So I'm looking forward to, to those challenges and helping the city of lacrosse get through them all right so chagoski we're going to do the mayor thing first so let's it sounds like mitch wants to go the mayor route what what is that the mayor thing i'm just giving you a short answer no. to your question that was the basic answer how's it going hey it's great what now yes. what do you want yeah no, when people answer i don't this know how it's going i'm going everything's going well and when, i'm having a really good time when people ask so. you how it's going they say good they don't want a 10 minute answer even though it's talk radio and i'm just trying to get to all the right. end of the hour on a all friday right. all right no, but I'm just kidding. So, okay, so we want to what we want to do here because you're going to be on with us for a little bit. But we we just want to we want to we want to talk about this. The, this if you were the host of the show in the state of our state government right now, we're all we haven't passed a bill <laughs> since uh, April, and uh, you know we, we, we technically I guess the legislature did pass a bill today, but Governor Evers is going to veto it. Nothing else seems to be getting yeah. done. Like, how do you handle how do you handle the state of the state legislature essentially, and and Governor Evers? You know, the problem is, is that there's so much that depends on them actually doing things. That's that's one of the key issues. And that um, looking forward, you have to really think, like, how is this going to affect us from a budgetary standpoint? How does this affect us from um, the ability to just basically operate state government? I mean, when you think about the extent to which state government impacts our lives in so many ways, you know, there's going to be ongoing, never-ending issues that need to be addressed. And uh, simply not not functioning is just not a good way to to operate government. Um, but on the other hand, maybe they have nothing to do. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when we talk about the fact that they haven't gotten a bill passed uh, since April sixteenth, uh, a lot of people text yeah. in and go, "Good, the government shouldn't be doing anything." But we are also paying them all, <laughs> so. Uh, I, I told Steve Doyle, the the assembly rep in Greater Lacrosse area, that he that maybe they should punch in. They should have a punch in clock, and we should manage their hours hourly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could do that. So, are they still? I mean, I'm guessing, even though they haven't really done anything, that they're still collecting their per diem. But they go down there and they don't do anything, and they come home. Do you know, or do we know that or not? 
Well, yeah, I, I uh, they were down there yesterday because Do- like Doyle couldn't come on the show because he was driving through a snowstorm. And when you say collecting their per diem, does that mean he stopped at Arby's on the way home and, and we yeah. paid for that? <laughs> he was driving through. I, I think I drove through the same snowstorm, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Trigras- yeah I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what this means for uh, as we move forward, just this level of the stagnant level of government. I don't know exactly how impactful that's going to be for the state moving forward, but there are significant issues that need to be solved on the very local level that, you know, state government has a hand in. We talk about the need to, uh, for shared revenue and, um, you know, I just, geez, man, just, we could go down the list of addressing school funding formula shortcomings and, and all the problems that were very apparent in this last year. There's just a number of different things that we need the state government to do or to get off its, I guess, get off their backsides and actually function. And clearly that's not going to happen. So standoff. Yeah. Chergoski, go ahead. Hey, Mitch. Uh, nice to be able to talk to you. One statistic hey, that I looked at and it just sort of blew me away is that the population of the city of La Crosse is almost the exact same today as it was in the year 1990. Do you think, like, yeah. what's going on there? And is this city just, like, stuck in neutral, basically? <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, the, one of the really cool things, when you look at the population of the city of La Crosse and how it has changed over time and how it's changed relative to the rest of the population, not only in the rest of the United States, but primarily in this... this um, Mississippi River Waterway, uh, you know, it, it's it's gone from being one of the biggest cities uh, in the Midwest back in the you know turn of the 19th, 20th century. At that point, to you know, just almost slightly bigger than it was 120 years ago. Uh, I, I don't know if "stuck in neutral" is the right way to phrase that. I, I, we, what we could call it is sustainable growth. <laughs> That's not actually accurate, but. Uh, I think one of the issues that we keep running into is um, in terms of population is that, uh, you know, we just we, we do have a lack of uh, space to add homes, just that basic process of adding homes. And a lot of the space that we do have is utilized by those who come here to, you know, go to school. Um, and so <clears throat> I think that lends itself to a population that remains rather, relatively stagnant. You know, we talk about there's no really, no real, uh, no real where to, to grow in, in La Crosse because of the boundaries of the river and the bluffs and the, the towns and that, uh, and, and, uh, that surround it. But, um, you know, that might change, too, as we expand and develop that River Point District north of Riverside Park. That's certainly going to add some residential space, and we may have a, a slight bump in population there. Also, the other part of that, of course, is the aging of the population. You know, we don't have the, the children in La Crosse uh, that we used to, uh, even in 1990, I think is what you said, right? Um, yep. So we don't, I, I think that we have... Uh, I think we're still under 7,000 kids in, the, in our public schools. In 1990, it was something like 10,000. So, you know, it's that's, that's part of 
that uh, the out-migration has always been a, a part of living in Wisconsin, no matter where you are other than Madison, it's, it's really it's part of, in some way, part of the state's identity. We uh, Children grow up here, they get educated here, and they go to Colorado. We're going to put single-family homes inside all the shop codes. That's how we're going to grow the population. That's my... <laughs> Uh, we got a couple calls here. So I think, is this Andy? Yes, it is. Hey, hey Andy. how's it going, Rick? Yeah, you're on with Trigoski and Reynolds. Go ahead. Oh, man. I was going to ask a different, like, more like statewide question. No, go ahead. But, uh, but uh, I guess now I'm, I'm more interested in the local thing. Um, you know, I've noticed we've had, like, a lot of, like, uh, we have, uh, so, our, our, so say, like, Quick Trip, right? Quick Trip would be probably our biggest manufacturing and stuff like that. I think a lot of our uh, manufacturing, it seems like, and industries seem to be more, like, uh, regionally based rather than nationally or internationally based. Because, I mean, Quick Trip, they're selling to basically people around Minnesota, Iowa, or, you know, a little bit in Iowa, Illinois, and, and um Wisconsin, so you're just like kind of mixing around the pool of money, right? Rather than really bringing in more money for growth, is that would, would that be an accurate um, assessment? I suppose. Go, Who, who's who's taking that one? Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll let you take that. I was going to say, hey, we're bringing in a Chick Fil A and a and a Chipotle, so <laughs> <laughs> I have no complaints. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, we haven't gotten a Popeyes chicken yet. I, is he talking about maybe bringing in uh, uh, like a a Costco or some some of these national chains into into the city, and and that's what yeah. we're we're lacking? Well, I think the Quick Trip model is an interesting one because you know they're they're particular model of distribution is unlike almost any other uh, in in that that type of uh, of t- type of retailer uh, they are they are highly uh, focused in a very regional way and their their distribution hub is lacrosse and although I, I partially agree with the caller that from a regional standpoint it doesn't necessarily bring if you will, dollars into the region from a lacrosse standpoint, it's it's definitely a net win, uh, just because everything uh, Quick Trip distributes everything out of lacrosse. Uh, so from ice to bread to bananas, everything is coming out of lacrosse, and that's in some way there. And I don't know if there's going to be another regional hub at some point as they continue to grow. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but that's. That's a very peculiar model, and it's not something that uh, other industries necessarily or other uh, companies will necessarily follow. You know, we do still have some very significant uh, companies that that have an international footprint. I mean, Train and Charter is still here. Obviously, we have some other significant um, uh, manufacturers that still call this place home. There are some that are much smaller, but uh, it's it's definitely not, you know, we're not, I don't know, what do you say? We're not Milwaukee, right? So, Well, it sounds like we're growing. Are we growing bananas at the facility in Quick Trip? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> That's Yeah, little known fact is that they're actually growing the bananas there. <laughs> All right, we're going to try this again before we hit Scott's comment in the news. Uh, Eric's calling back. Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, the class, you guys really want to make some money down there. Why don't you put a casino on this uh, north side river yeah. point, whatever the hell they call it is. Why don't you make some money? That's the way you're going to make some money. That way, you, that way you guys can all get rich and don't worry about it. Have a good yeah. day. Great idea. Great. 
Um, yeah, I, we, we need the state legislature to legalize gambling. I'm still waiting for sports gambling bill to come up. Still waiting for that. Um, all right, well, we, we'll we'll get into this a little bit more. We got Scott's comment. The news coming up. We'll be back with Mitch Reynolds and UW Lacrosse's Anthony Tragoski after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On with me, man. I've never managed the phone so much, Mitch. I don't know how you did this. Uh, on with me is Mitch Reynolds, who's, who's, who's <laughs> every line is lit, and I got every time I hang up, it's still lit, and then I, uh, just, just, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's Mitch Reynolds laughing. UW Lacrosse political science professor Anthony Chagoski is on, and there's a bunch of people on hold, and they want to talk about a bunch of boring stuff, and I'm going to make them hold for you for a minute because I, wait, I wait, yeah, wait. First, can I just ask because. Anthony did such an like an incredible job during those uh, really well done wisdom uh, forums. Uh, I, I just want to ask, like how that it feels like you you were way better at that than I was. You know, whatever it was the last time I did that eight years ago. Uh, were you were you intentionally trying to show me up, or what was your plan there? <laughs> That's so nice of you, Mitch. Anthony, no, what's I, your full time job? I was extremely pleased with those debates. Yeah, he, it's his full-time job, Mitch. What do you think he does all day? We're not in class right now. <laughs> hey, I've been teaching on Zoom last semester, so this is old half for me by now. Yeah, you only have to manage five candidates and me and, and, <laughs> and Brad Williams. That Oh, seven people. How many people do you have in a Zoom class, Dragoski? <laughs> Usually 15 to 20, so those debates were no sweat. <laughs> Um, Mitch did want to make an announcement, I think, yeah. and I'm, I know you didn't officially tell me this, but I feel like this is probably yeah. something yeah. that you're, you're going to make this announcement and I'll just put words in your mouth. You are donating $30,001 of your salary. If you're elected mayor to, uh, to a cause of your choice, uh, the people, the human fund, yeah. I think something uh, like that. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 No question. You know, I, uh, it, it's so funny how many questions that I've uh, taken about uh, this uh, because it's such a bizarre thing. Um, you know, the, the, the job of the mayor of lacrosse is, is extraordinarily difficult, and it requires not only somebody who can lead legislation and um, you know, be the, uh, the face of the, the city in a crisis and be able to mediate uh, divisions and differences within City Hall, uh, that takes a, a very keen sense of human resources, but also somebody who is able to understand, just understand the basic finances behind a $70 million uh, um, you know, budget, uh, both, both a, you know, not just the operations budget, not even the capital budget. So for the very idea that a person is, is, you know, we, we find some person and uh, we're going to have them do the job and, and they're going to, uh, uh, you know, do that job for 50 grand is it makes the whole thing seem like a joke. And it's, it's not. It's, it's in a, this, is, this is a job without lacrosse is one of the few cities in the state, in the state of Wisconsin of this size or this level that does not have a city manager or city administrator for better or for worse. You know, people can argue about that all day long. I happen to believe that the city should have a city manager or city administrator. 
because I believe there should be professional management. To believe that anybody can walk in off the street, and um, and we've gotten lucky. There's no question. You know, I think Tim Cabot has been a really, really, really good mayor. Uh, John Menninger did an extraordinary job. Pat Zilke, fantastic mayor. Mark Johnsford had his faults, but he did some, he was up to the job. It's just, you, it's, it's not, this is not, a, this is not playtime. This is not a, 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 a civics class assignment. There are real lives that are dependent on the human being that is going to occupy the job of mayor of the city of La Crosse. It's not cutting ribbon. It's not, it's not leading council meetings. There's significant impact that the mayor of La Crosse has on 51,000 people within the city, or 52,000, depending on when we count them. And to, to turn that into a gimmick or into some sort of uh, election stunt makes it seem like it's just whoever is doing that, like it's, like it's a joke to them. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know if I should, should go any farther than that, but I, and I don't, fine, you know, pay me whatever you want. But, uh, I think that it's, it's, it's a, it's a silly concept. Yeah. I, as it turns out, I have uh, decided to rescind my $30,000 in one donation. <laughs> Bam. Unbelievable. Are you going to uh, also, are you going to commend the fire department for taking a 2% raise instead of a 3% raise and then, uh, and then, and then talk trash about the police department taking a 3% raise? Cause we didn't do that. I mean, we did, the, uh, if we're going to commend the part, no, I'm not, no, I'm, no, just no, I'm kidding. not doing that. I don't need to do any of that. I tell you what, I mean, I, I you know, we, we saw the value of our fire department, uh, our, our first responders just the other night, you know, it's an extraordinary thing. The, um, obviously the work that they did to contain the fire within the downtown was amazing. We know how those things can get out of control, especially in those older buildings. Uh, we know what their value is. And if you, if you still don't believe that, that, uh, that the fire department and all the different, all the different tasks that they have and all the different skills that they have, and they bring to the job, not just, you know, firefighting is one thing, and EMS is, is one thing, but also hazmat response, also highline rescue, uh, you know, structural building collapse. Dive uh, team. I mean, we have specialties all across the board throughout the fire department. And uh, yeah, I, I guess if you don't if you don't see a value in that, I guess I'm, I'm not sure what to I'm not sure what to say to you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's 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 a it's a tremendous thing. I think that, um, you know, we obviously had to look at some significant budget cuts for 2022. There were some hard choices that had to be made. I would not have made some of the choices that were made, um, but I, you know, I wasn't there either. So I don't think it's going to, when I'm mayor, the 20, uh, the, the 2022, I guess I say 2022, 2022, so 2022, I don't think it's going to be the same. The same budget situation. We'll see how that turns out. But Trigowski, uh, I'm not going to commend it. Not going to commend anybody for taking that one uh, percent raise now. Trigowski, go ahead. Or decrease. 
Well, I actually want to chime in and say that I, I agree with Mitch. And it's not popular to say that politicians should be compensated well. I don't think anyone should get wealthy through serving in public office. And there are some real ethics issues with how, you know, public officials might use their insider information to enrich themselves. But if we're just talking straight up salary, I I think it's critically important that we make it a reasonable salary, because like Mitch said, there are lives on the line here. There are people's well-being on the line here. And you want someone who is qualified to take the job. And I agree, Mitch, like that was a publicity stunt by Sam Schneider. And frankly, Mitch, like it, it, it does work, though, in terms of generating him publicity. And he's been uncanny yeah. in generating that type of publicity. And I mean, you know, does does the rest of the field just have an obligation to sort of like replicate his tactics or speak out against him? Because he's like generating more publicity than the rest of the field combined, it seems. Yeah, and it's a great question. And actually, the, uh, I am constantly reminded of the candidacy of Matt Harder because it is it's very similar. Uh, he's going to first of all, he's going he was going to get capture more attention because he was 18. Uh, you know, the, the reason that, uh, so back in the day, the reason that I called, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, he was uh, someone who was running for mayor or became mayor. I don't remember what, uh, Rhinelander, maybe? I don't know if that, I think there was, a, there was someone who became mayor of Rhinelander at a very young age or was running for mayor. Anyway, I called and did an interview. I had no, the city of La Crosse has no interest, the region has no interest in who becomes mayor of Rhinelander. But I called because it was an interesting story, right? Young guy wants to be mayor. Interesting story. That's why the publicity comes, because it's something different. And so the, 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 the very, the, that concept of giving back part of your salary, yeah, of course it's a publicity stunt. Um, but it's taking a page of the Matt Harder playbook. Um, and he's, Sam Schneider's been very open about that very concept, that he's, you know, he's, he has counsel, he is, taking counsel from Matt Harder about how to operate a, uh, a mayoral campaign. The, and, you know, on, honestly, it's, it really is less about what, uh, what he says and what the rest of us say and more about what's repeated uh, by guys like Rick. Anyway, Rick, sorry, go ahead. You're trying to interrupt. No, it's fine. I, the Cormorant, Corm, Cormorant Village in Minnesota's mayor is named Duke. It's a great Pyrenees dog. I don't know if you know this. 13-year-old year, 13 great – well, this is already a couple of years old. So 14-year-old uh, great – great Pyrenees. So, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, a young mayor, that dog's only 14 unless you do the time seven. <laughs> Good point. Excellent point. Um, uh, there, we got a couple of calls, so I'm going to go to the phones here. I think Brian's calling in. Brian, go ahead. Okay, what I wanted to say was um, what was said previously by Mitch, um, absolutely 100% correct. And I absolutely believe that because of his experience of attending all the previous meetings when he worked at the radio station, he is one that is qualified for this position. And if I could vote, he would be number two on my list. Okay? Number two. <laughs> sorry to say that. Number one would be Main Street guy. The Main Street guy is not running, so you got to give the vote to Mitch. All right. Thanks for the call, Brian. <laughs> yeah. someday, uh, someday, Main, someday Main Street guy is going to show up and run for something. You know that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm trying to get no, number. I'm trying to get number three to, to to run for something, but he says his mouth's going to get him in trouble. Uh, Joe's calling in. <laughs> Joe wanted to get in on this quick trip conversation we were having, I believe. Joe, unless you want to change the topic, sure. Joe, go ahead. 
Well, first I just want to say I was having fun looking forward to him there, but after listening to how serious Mitch Reynolds is, I'm probably just going to go home and curl up into a fetal position underneath my basement steps and hope the end of the world isn't here. Yeah, he really he really oh, buried man. us. man. Guys. Wow. Uh, the, only, the only thing I was going to say, I wanted to make that previous caller feel better. Uh, you know, we have L.B. White, we have Train, and we have Chart. We have a lot of Nash, inter, national oh, yeah. international. L.B. White, yep. But, you know, I also want to be proud of Quick Trip. The model that they're following is Walmart's model, central distribution. Uh, and Walmart is doing great with that, even in today's economy. So I think Zetlos are doing a really good job of building, uh, if not a tri-state, a multi-state uh, operation that they have going on. And it's going to be a moneymaker for them. And it's going to be good for lacrosse for many, many, many years to come. Except for if, unless we eat too many tornadoes, because that's not going to be good for everybody. <laughs> um, all right, <laughs> number three. Here we go. Number three. I mean, so, sometimes you absolutely need to have a tornado. Uh, I mean, I, I I get them with the cheese sauce, so I know what you're talking about. I, we we can't have too many. <laughs> we can't have too many. You can have too many tornadoes, though. But number three, go uh, ahead, man. You can. Good. Number three, are you there? It's, it sounds like his phone's messed up. So, number three, call us back. Uh, Dan's calling in. Oh, Dan. Dan, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mitch, I don't know if you remember me. Last night you came by on Hyde Street. Yeah. We talked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought, you were, I thought you were maybe a Jehovah Witness at first, but it turned out all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about uh, Rick taking over for you, if you remember. And yep. Yeah, you, I think you said something like he's the Steve Young to uh, UV in uh, Montana. Well, I've said that it's Mitch. That oh, pretty, I've said that Mitch is Brett Favre and I'm Aaron Rodgers. That's what I've always said. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I like I, I like really... the the last per the last mayor that stopped by was uh, at my house was Zilke. So. I I just oh, wow. uh, kudos to hitting the pavement. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Yeah, thanks so much. It's kind of time of year, and I appreciate Dan. I, it, thanks so much. It was uh, I got Dan right outside. He was uh, he was shoveling when I talked to him, um, so he was uh, he was uh, out, out uh, working hard. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not. It's weird. It's weird to go to. It's weird to go talk to people right now on the street. Were you? Uh, were you? And, were you walking around yesterday? Because my idea yesterday on the show was you take your snowblower up and down the sidewalks. You stop at everyone's house, yeah, tell I, them you're running for mayor, and blowing their sidewalk off. And blow their sidewalk. Number. Th- I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't have the I didn't have the opportunity to do that yesterday, but uh, someday I'll get a snowblower and do that. That's a really good idea. Number three, are you there now? It sounds like his phone's messed up. I'm, you know, his not his phone's not. Of course, his phone's not working. The one day he wants to talk to to his old buddy Mitch. Um, he's, all right, he's still got the same flip phone though. Yeah, you he's got that, it. Right? Well, I think it's his wife's flip phone, and it sounds like it's not working right. So I can't get him on. I'm sorry, number three. Can, can I? Okay, can I ask a question first before you go into anywhere else? Yeah, go ahead. And there's yeah, go ahead. Uh, for this, this is for Anthony actually. Is I'm just I'm curious. Uh, because uh, the for local candidacies and for really for every every political race, the, the process of face-to-face conversations, going to knocking doors, 
is such an important part of, of every campaign. What, how do you think what we've been through in the last year has impacted that going forward? Obviously, the Democratic Party really put the kibosh on that up until October last year. What do you think that looks like for us going forward? And what do you think are the impacts of, of those who are, who are, who are you know, I, I do this process where I run to a door, you know, I go to a door, I ring the doorbell or knock, and then I run away about 15 feet on the sidewalk. But what, what do you think is the future of that? Well, Mitch, I think is a great question, and, and you're right. We know from political science research that face-to-face, door-knocking, pounding the pavement, that is the most effective way to get out the vote. That is the most effective way to get voters over to your side. I think that some people might be uncomfortable, okay, certainly with that, you. during right, the okay. pandemic. And, you know, I'm, Mitch, I, I, I think what remains to be seen, I, I, I do think that once this all is beyond us, that that real effective pavement, pounding the pavement, face-to-face campaigning, I do think that that is going to endure. I think the open question is how much of an impact do these virtual efforts have? We don't have good answers about that as as researchers yeah. right now. Right. Yeah, I, I am curious to see what this last, you know, in the last campaign or the, the presidential campaign and really those other legislative races and all that kind of thing, I'd be curious to see what that research shows us. This is going to be one of the things that we are able to study over the next many years about this whole period is how did, you know, how did uh, working from home impact productivity and how did children being home from school for a year impact their education and how did, on a much less important scale, how did not going door to door as a candidate impact their chances to become you know, fill in the blank uh, legislator. I think it's it's going to be something that's, that definitely is something that we study. I think it's uh, yep. It's interesting. I do believe you're right. It's going to come back full force in the future. No question. Mitch, do you think you know you're doing all these uh, Q and A's with different uh, news organizations and and debates? Yeah. Are, are we asking the right yeah. questions, or are we not asking? Uh, is there a question that maybe? Uh, we should get uh, the mayor, the mayor candidates takes on because a lot of this is pretty dumbed down to we're going to lower pro- property taxes <laughs> yeah. and fix the roads. And and, you know, I, I, I will say I'm not like a property tax expert, so I can't like fire back at a mayor that doesn't understand or yep. a candidate. But yep. uh, is, is, is there an issue out there that, you know, no, nobody's asking, but it's pretty important. I think that and I was actually I was having a conversation just the other, uh, like two nights ago with someone who was was taking the task, the very forums that you're talking about, and, and it wasn't so much that the questions were dumbed down, it's just that it really didn't get to the heart of what the mayor is supposed to do or what, well, this particular mayor is supposed to do. And you can go into the office with your issues staked out and with your territory staked out and go on your crusade about how you're going to uh, check these boxes. But at the end of the day, what really needs to happen is that you have to be agile on your feet. You have to have the ability to do risk analysis and strategic planning. And you have to be able to understand that when a situation changes, that you're going to have to make decisions to change with that situation. And it's not, and I don't know how to, honestly, I don't know how to answer that, ask that question. It really, it comes down to how the voter perceives that candidate 
and whether they believe that candidate is one who can achieve that level of dexterity when it comes to being the mayor of the city of La Crosse. I mean, I can, you know, a year ago, was Tim Cabot sitting around thinking, wow, I can't wait to, well, maybe a year ago. How about 12 months ago? Tim Cabot wasn't sitting, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 14 months ago. Tim Cabot wasn't sitting around thinking, boy, I can't, I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with this, uh, this pandemic recession coming up. He wasn't thinking about that because it wasn't on the horizon. He had to pivot and deal with it as it came. And, 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 that, and that was true for fire uh, budgets and police budgets and library budgets and, and, this, and just dealing with being the face of the crisis and figuring out how to operate City Hall just on a regular and daily basis. All right. And, Mitch, i got to uh, cut you off. i gotta, that, I got to cut you off. Okay, hard. We're getting a hard network out. But that's all the time we have, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs> <laughs>